בסביבות דלת אבודלוף, אימג' אנד אידנטיטי, אין מון עם תכשיטין מן הכלה. Image can be manipulative. You can use it to hide your identity. You can use it to mislead others about your true identity. But yet, image is terribly important. Some cultures and eras have been all about image. Others are much more about identity with little emphasis on image. But in truth is, they're both crucially important. We, not only do we need to have an identity, which we all have, We need to know our identity. We need to be in touch with our identity. But our identity is not always <clears throat> what we expose to the public. What we expose to the public is our image, and provided our image amplifies our identity, makes our identity accessible, explains our identity, communicates and projects our identity, then our image, aligned with our identity, is authentic, true, And very, very valuable. Imagine giving a person a very valuable gift. A man might come home to his wife with a, with a beautiful diamond ring in a paper bag from the supermarket. It doesn't have the same effect as if he brings it home to her in a beautiful cartier box. Is it that the box is so important? Is the wrapping so important? But we know when we give a gift that we put a lot of effort into the wrapping because it does. make a difference. The way one experiences the gift is different when it's presented beautifully. The way a table is laid rather than having the food just dumped on the table, the way the food is prepared and made to look, makes it far more appetizing. It makes it attractive. It makes one want to engage with the object that has been well presented. Identity is like having music on an MP3 file. It might be the most beautiful Mozart that you have on an MP3 file, but it's useless if it cannot be heard, if it cannot be amplified. And so identity is useless as a tool in life if we can't amplify it, if we can't make it heard. And image is one of the things we use in order to make it heard. The way we present ourselves becomes important. And it's not only when human beings interface with each other. Hashem also pays attention to... image to the packaging. Rav Dessler says that, and, and brings from Kabbalah, that the stars in the universe were set in the places that they were set to make the sky beautiful for us at night. Now, of course, there are other reasons for, for, the, star and for, for, the, for the stars and for the universe, but our ability to see them so beautifully at night is deliberate, it's specific. The way nature is presented to us, the way trees and flowers and blossoms and, and the way fruit is presented to us is all beautiful and, and packaged well, so to say. This idea of packaging, of imaging, is particularly important for women in their relationships to men. That doesn't mean that men don't need to package themselves too, that men don't need to present themselves well. Of course they do. But it plays a specific part in the way the woman relates to a man. And we see this in the Gemara back in Eruv, in Daf Yud Ches, where Rabbi Shimon ben Manasseh learned on Vayiv and Hashem Elokim et Atzela, that Hashem built 
the side of Chava, and the Gemara is discussing in what way was Chava, in what way was Eve incomplete, that Hashem still had to do something. Hashem did Chava's hair for her. Hashem was the divine hairdresser that made her hair look good before she brought her to him. Why is that so important? The Gemara says also back in Eruvin on Dafkuf that Kol says that if a woman um, almost demands intimacy with her husband, because a man can get involved with his work and with his thoughts and he can be tired. We know the story with the, the men in Mitzrayim and how the women enticed the men into intimacy uh, because they were so exhausted. If a woman does that, the children that they have will be such that there weren't even such children in the generation of Moshe. Ask the Gemara, is that really so? That doesn't sound right. Did Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi not teach us that one of the ten curses that Chava was given was Vahu Yimshol Bach? He will rule over you, which means Malamed Sha'isha Tovat Belev Ha'ish Tovea Befeh. That for a woman to be at her most feminine, if she wants intimacy with her husband, it comes from her inner place. She, he needs to be able to read her inner desires. If she expresses it ver verbally, if she's too forceful with it, if she's too uh, out there with it, uh, there's something of her femininity which is lost. Now, again, I understand that we're living in a different time today and men and women are different. And in some places, there isn't even a difference between men and women. Uh, it, it, that's not the point. What I'm trying to do is teach the Torah. And we need to try and examine whether we've drifted away from the Torah or whether we're on track with the Torah. And the Torah teaches us that a woman loses some femininity when she is too out there. And a man doesn't. That a man can be tovea affair. A man, there's something masculine about a man being for, forthright and open and out there in, in almost demanding uh, intimacy with his, with his woman, with his wife. There's a difference in the way they approach it. And that difference is in itself partially the klala as part of the curse of, uh, of Chava. And we see that in society as well, that if the man wants a date, he calls the girl up. Now, again, I know that in modern society, things might be different, but there's something feminine about a girl being asked on a date. There's something masculine about a man risking being vulnerable, risking rejection, and calling up the girl and asking her on a date. That forwardness of the man and that almost passivity of the woman in that specific interaction is part of the curse of Klala, of, of Chava. And Zui Midatovah this is a good thing among women. So why does Rabbi Shmuel Ben Achmenis teach us in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that there is virtue in a woman actually saying what she wants? And the Gemara says, It's not that she demands it, but she's able to seduce him. So when a woman seduces a man, that's a virtue. When she's able to use her femininity to arouse his interest and to engage with him and to pull him out of his headspace and into a heart space, into a, an intimacy and a closeness in their relationship, that's feminine. That's a woman using her femininity to, to the ultimate. And therefore she needs 
tools. She needs to be able to be attractive. And part of being attractive is looking a little different each time, wearing something different, having a different attitude each time, and makeup being a little bit a little bit different. Uh, and it's not only that, that, that she needs it as a tool to be able to seduce her husband, to be, to be able to engage with him, but sometimes not presenting well can even damage the relationship. And we see that in, in back in Yuma and Afayin Chet, where the Mishnah said that a king and a bride are allowed to wash on Yom Kippur. And the Gemara says, why can a bride wash her face on Yom Kippur? In those early days of the relationship, we don't want the husband to, to wake up and see an apparition next to him. Uh, we want him to see a beautiful woman next to him. Uh, and we don't want to risk their relationship because of that. Uh, in the Dorim on Daf Pei Aleph, we have a situation where if a woman makes an oath that she's not going to wear makeup, he's in Titled to annul that oath because it interferes with their relationship, implying he wants her to look good, he wants her to be made up. And it's that for that reason we have in our suya that the Gemara says that in a case where the wedding is all ready, the bread is baked and the meat is, is laid out, and Nebuchadnezzar, a parent, passes away, we put away the, the dead person. We don't bury them yet because the moment they're buried, Avelut begins. So we put them into a room, a separate room, and the wedding goes on. Uvoel bi'ilat mitzvah, and the chosan and kala go home, and they are intimate together. And then noheg shivat yimea mishteva, chakach noheg shivat yimea avelut. Then they have the full seven days of, of sheva brochus, and then they have the seven days of avelut. They then sit shiva. And during that entire time, during the Shiva period and thereafter, um, they don't live together. But during the whole period of the Shloshim, after the time of the death, the color is permitted to wear makeup and to wear jewelry and to wear beautiful clothing. Says Rashi Shelotit Ganel Bala. Once again, we don't want her husband to uh, find her unattractive in, in any kind of a way. And so again, we see the importance of packaging, that a woman packages herself by the way she dresses, by the way she presents herself, by the way she makes herself up, by the jewelry she, she wears. These are all things that express her personality and enable her husband to see her beauty and her glory and to connect with that and, and to relate to it. But in modern society, we often get it wrong because we focus on presentation when we're in public. And while it's okay, we need to look good in public. It's a kiddush Hashem for a person to look respectable and well-dressed in public. But the emphasis of focusing in public and to allow ourselves to look schlumpish and unkept at home, we've got to, it's got to be the other way around. Yes, we look okay when we go out, but the time to really look good is at home. The time to really take care of our presentation is at home. We don't want a situation where, be, where women look better in public than they look at home because then what happens? A man goes out to work and there are women in the workplace today and the women are looking amazing because they take trouble when they go out, to, out of their homes to look really good. And when the husband comes back to his home, he finds a schlumpish wife who doesn't look anything as glamorous as the women he's seen during his work time. And men are human, and women are human. It's important to focus on that relationship 
And part of focusing on that relationship is to make the effort to look good for one's wife as well, for a man to look good for his wife and for a woman to look good for her husband. And the Medrash Tanchum says in Parshas Vayishlach, Hashem provides jewelry and fashion for a woman. So that she should use them to make herself look beautiful in her home. Bringing the Maram Rutenberg in the 13th century to say rather sharply, a woman should be cursed if she has a husband and doesn't look after herself. She doesn't look good. And a woman should be cursed if she doesn't have a husband. It doesn't mean that she's looking for a husband. It means she's not interested. That's not the society in which she's living in. And she makes herself look beautiful all of the time, but she doesn't want she doesn't want marriage. She's not doing it for the purposes of, of marriage. That also isn't right. And so we see this idea that we've come to neglect that the place that a woman needs to look her best is at home, in her relationship with her husband. Uh, and the same should apply to a man, but especially to the woman, because her presentation is all she has to be able to communicate her desirability and attractiveness to her husband. And that's something that she needs to pay attention to in order for the marriage to be successful, deep, meaningful, and intimate.